Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time for a little bit of a history lesson, because I don't know if y'all know, but uh, there's a there's there's a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. AEW is putting on Revolution. Are we going to call uh, it a premium event like the other company? (laughs) No, it's a pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view. I have to pay per each view of it, or I can go to the movie theaters. Well, the states you can, Canada you can't. Or less than legal means, which you shouldn't do. because Do as you please, just watch your show. (laughs) Either way, there's a dog collar match on this gimmick, and I said, I got to talk about dog collar matches, because... Maybe people don't know Piper in Portland. Maybe people don't understand references like that. Maybe I should bring on my buddy Jeff Hawkins for a history lesson. So I did it. And Jeff, how are you? Old man Hawkins coming to tell you about dog collar matches. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm great. I've been, been watching a lot of dog collar matches, uh, even the ones that we're not going to speak on, just just for some historical uh, clarity and stuff like that. And I, I've, I've, I've actually enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. This is probably one of the most fun uh, random shows that I get to do because you and I often talk about just like old wrestling and I'm like, not like 20 years ago, but like we're going back 30, 40, 50 years because while I don't have the knowledge base that you have, I have a little bit and I can at least try and link everything to what is going on now in wrestling, or at least you can give me a little bit more of like why it's historically significant. Well, well, the fun thing about this is that AEW has done a lot of the work to link, to link these things together with, with the, with the punk, will you be my Valentine promo? Um, What a lot of people don't know about the dog collar match (laughs) is that Piper brought this from Georgia where he was previously 82, 83. And if you haven't had the chance to watch promos from, from my Roddy Piper at this time, he is absolutely fantastic for all, for all the great stuff he did. Once he got to WWF, the stuff he's doing in Georgia is magic. And 82, 83 around that time is a magical time in Georgia wrestling. And it's stuff I hadn't even watched as a kid. I had to go back and watch it in my face, but you had people, ships crossing through the night of various territories. Ole Anderson's the big guy there, but you have things like Jerry Lawler, Larry Zabisco's there, Stan Hansen pops in a little bit here and there, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, Abdullah the Butcher, Kabuki, Gary Hart, Tommy Rich is a hot baby face down there at this time. Um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's great. And they were in cooperation with the Crockett territory at, at the same time within the NWA. And and the inkling of where the dog collar match came from is Roddy Piper had been a heel aligned with other heels in in beating down Tommy Rich and I believe Pez Watley uh, was another babyface in that during this time. And Roddy Piper being Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper was a lot like if you want to give a modern character when Moxley's really at his peak and he's. He's just talking and he's not really a baby face and he's not really a heel. It's a little bit of that Austin type of thing too. Mm-hmm. Roddy Piper in Georgia is really the uh, the archetype for that because he is a heel, but he's a heel that other heels don't necessarily like or trust because he is a bit of a wild card. So I had read In the Pit with Piper, which was the book that he had written or ghostwritten in the early 2000s. 
uh i was very lucky i got a signed copy from from piper there was a whole radio call-in show don't need to get into it but i was a big piper fan like i was a big wrestling fan as a kid and i just remember like calling into the show in ottawa canada and getting a a free uh free book out of it so nice i just remember reading the book it's so intently but never remembering piper getting cheered including his wcw like his it's amazing run he was getting cheered but it wasn't the same as it was like watching the dog collar match with him and and greg valentine at starcade 83 yeah when when he goes to carolina he is pure baby face he is aligned with rick flair and ricky steamboat which on tv they're doing six-man matches with those three at times or even jay youngblood who was teaming with steamboat at the time but against guys like uh dick slater and Dory Funk, who was kind of on his way out of the territory, and you know, uh, Bob Orton, I, 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 Harley Race wasn't there at the time, but he was he was the champ. He was the traveling champ going to all the territory. So it, it's it's wild to watch Piper as a babyface, but it was also so easy to make him a babyface because when they did it in Georgia, he's the same guy. He's just attacking different people, and because people loved his promos. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the same reason. He never really changed. He just, it's just, hey, uh, you know, it, it, it's so easy to turn him babyface because all you have to do is have one of these really bad guys say something to Piper that Piper doesn't like. And <laughs> Piper true. will just take it as a sign of disrespect and go, you're not going to talk to me that way. And then everybody will start cheering him. I mean, he is, he is absolute magic during, during these early 80s, uh, promos before he goes up to, uh, goes up to Crockett and then goes up to, uh, Vince land in Connecticut. But the, the, the inkling of this program was he was a heel and he was attacking Tommy rich and also attacking the Tommy rich were, you know, Paul Ellering was a heel manager at this time. And he was uh, starting to build this quote unquote Legion of doom with Hawk and animal who were green as, as grass then, but Buzz Sawyer was a part of this as well. And Ole Anderson was a heel as well. And, and, and and somewhere in there, I, I didn't get to see the exact turn uh, due to time constraints. I've seen it before, but I believe it was just there was a miscommunication or Piper didn't like something that was said to him or being ordered. And so Sawyer and Piper get into a feud and they start cutting promos on each other and they start having matches at the Omni with each other and it starts to escalate. And so naturally in the old days, when you'd have a feud, you, you'd start with a match at a house show or something to that effect. And then you'd add a stipulation to, to do the blow off. And the blow off here was a concoction by Piper. Well, you call yourself a mad dog. Well, let's have a dog collar match. And the dog collar match was nothing more than kind of an offshoot of things like Wahoo McDaniels, Indian strap match, or, you know, later you'd get a Russian chain match, but, but it's different because you have the chain connected to a, dog collar on your neck and to do that now the funny thing is they did all these promos and and like their training promos of ellering training mad dog buzz sawyer which are fantastic there's there's a couple of training montages of of piper you know trying to pull a truck with with the collar around his neck and doing neck bridges and all these other things and it's great but nobody can tell you if the match actually happened at the omni Unless they were there, because everything I've tried to find on this, nobody really knows, and and nobody really knows the results. The only thing they know, and this is uh, pertinent to your interest, is that they also booked these matches um, when Tunney was was running Toronto, the NWA mm-hmm. up there. Jack Tunney was running the NWA Toronto, and that uh, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer being the kind of guy he is no-showed those matches in Toronto for the dog collar match they were, they were going to do in Toronto. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer is, number one, he always looks 45 years old, even though he passed away at the age of 32. But uh, do yourself a favor and go listen to interviews about He is not a good person. He is a fascinating guy to watch in the ring because he's one of those guys who would excel in something like a Bill Watts territory. Big hoss probably had some steroids in him you know he really liked cocaine uh, because he did die of an enlarged heart but tough guy at least wrestling tough guy carny as hell the the most famous story for modern wrestling fans probably is that a young mark calloway when uh when sawyer went to i believe it was the sacramento i believe it was northern california territory 
he was at any there there are commercials for this he was opening a wrestling school that would play there and so he was opening a wrestling school and he ripped off a young mark calloway of i believe a couple thousand dollars might be in the high hundreds and then just left for another job and this was oh. the days where wrestling training was get a bunch of guys in get them to pay your money beat the hell out of them until they don't want to come back that's all wrestling training was. Now, now there would be a, the yep. occasional person where, oh, that guy looks big and tough. We could use him, and maybe we train him. And so go a little bit easy on him. But, like, even when I was looking to get into wrestling training, it was you pay some grizzled big dude to run you up and down stairs for three hours and Indian, you know, uh, uh, squats and things like until you puke. And they just, you know... For, for me, it was, and then they they dislocate your shoulder while while putting a sugar hold on you, and then and then you decide, oh, I have a college degree, I'm never doing this again, and, uh, we're, out. <laughs> and we're out. Uh, so so yes, he was the man who ripped off the Undertaker, and and then one day in WCW, when then Mark Callis, who was under the uh, management of Paulie Dangerously, I believe at the time was there well they had brought in uh buzz sawyer to work i believe it was with jtex it might have been after that but uh buzz sawyer was there in the locker room buzz sawyer had forgotten uh that he had ripped off this young tall redhead guy and uh and by then mark callis had had some uh striking in him and things like and uh he proceeded to knock out all of uh buzz sawyer's bottom teeth as the story goes or at least gave him a nice beating in the locker room and nobody did a thing because that was Buzz Sawyer. If you watch, if you watch interviews with Cornette or Arn Anderson, Buzz Sawyer liked to take liberties because unless you were going to punch him back, what are you going to do about it? And some guys would, and and the way to get his respect was to punch him in the face and listen to him whine about it, and then hold your ground when he whined about it because he'd come in to like, what the f are you doing? Blah 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 blah. This is supposed to be work you mark and 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 you'd have to stand your ground with that hey buzz you're the one punching me in the face out there so so that would be the kind of relationship you'd have to have with him and he burned a lot of bridges but then they'd always bring him back because he was a legit tough guy and people loved watching you know his kinds of matches but uh passed away fairly early in his in his young in his 30s like lower 30s i believe but uh a fascinating guy in the wrestling thing. So I, I just bring that up as context to say where this match came from. Piper then takes it and goes up when, when Crockett is, is, is the majority, as opposed to working the Atlanta territory, he's working the Charlotte territory. And Crockett has this thing for, uh, Starcade to come up. And Piper goes up and he's in the studio, uh, commenting on a, on a Greg Valentine match. Greg Valentine, the U.S. champion at the time, I believe. Yeah. And, and Piper's like, this is Piper. He's get, being respectful, but in a passive aggressive way, as Piper can only do. If you've listened to him, he's like, well, you know, he is a great champion. He is very talented. And it's not that hard to be a great champion when you don't put your belt up against anybody. <laughs> and of course, Valentine takes exception to this. You know, Bob, <laughs> you know, like at Bob Cottle, why are you even having this guy on when I'm trying to do this? And that's the beginning of that feud. And that turns into a match for the title. Uh, where Greg Valentine hits Piper with a ring belt or a ring bell right in the ear. Allegedly, yep. this is where he loses hearing. You'll hear Piper tell these stories that he lost half his hearing during the during the dog collar match as well. Who knows if he actually lost half of his hearing at any time because because the ear was always part of the story. Yeah, but. Yes, it builds uh, fr from the first house show match where he loses the title into. Hey, he gives pipe. Uh, he gives Valentine a, a present to open on the air, and it's a dog collar with a chain. And of course, pipe, Valentine. Oh my God! I can't. You can't expect. And, and eventually, talks himself into doing this match, and so we get to Starcade '83. So and, let's let's break there for a sec. So now you now those at home who are thinking, oh, there's a gift. The gift sounds a little familiar. We did the same thing with CM Punk and the challenge to yes. MJF going yes. into the dog collar match yes. and the will you be my Valentine. Mm -hmm. The U.S. title did did come into play, at least in the opening stages of their feud. They they did trade the titles back and yes. forth. 
But for some reason, they didn't put the U.S. title on the line in this match for the uh, at Starcade. Yes, because the story was that Jim Crockett found this match to be so bloody and so violent so barbaric. that we could not possibly sanction this as an official match, which was a gimmick that they would use for these type of things. Number one, when they didn't want to switch the title when it was time. But also to make to to hype it up a little bit. Look, we can't put the title on the line, but this match is going to be bloody, and you're going to see some. You guys see these people bleed, and that would excite uh, people of that time. Who look, this is still the kayfabe period where people, a lot of people, still think this is real. So yeah. it works. And got, it, and yeah, exactly. You've got these two guys who are going to beat the shit out of each other, and they do. With, <laughs> yeah, and they do. So so I mean, if you want to lead us through that match a bit, I, it does get bloody. It, there's a focus on the ear. There's a lot of just guys throwing each other around and trying to jockey for position with the chain that keeps them linked together. Um, The thing that fascinated me on a rewatch was number one, um, because this was the third match I think I watched uh, from, from, I didn't start from the beginning to the end, but you see during dog collar matches, how, how the collars have genuinely gotten looser and looser over time. Not this match, not this match. That dog collar is on tight. The chain is heavy, and they start by doing a neck tug of war, yes. which can't be good for the, for the neck, but it it builds a certain amount of tension that, that when you have the chain expand, because the chain's also gotten longer over time, so that people can do more wrestling moves and throw people a lot more, but really... Really, in this kind of match, the the drama is when is somebody gonna get whipped with the chain, and when is somebody gonna get hung by the neck by the chain in, in the yep. early eighty stages? You, you can watch this, watch Sawyer against Duggan because that's the kind of same story as well. When Sawyer brings it to the UWF slash Mid South region, but you know this this becomes a story of this. There, there are no wrestling moves other than maybe an elbow drop in the in this entire match. You you have which it makes it different from the other matches afterwards. So you have the, the general, he puts the chain around the eyes and then around the mouth and he's whipping him with it. You know, guys get, you know, you, you tie the, you tie the chain around the pole and pull it and you bring a guy up against it. I love that spot, by the way. I love it too. Putting the I chain, the chain around the, the ring post. Yeah. You got to do that more. Yeah. Yes. And the entire psychology is using, as opposed to doing just a wrestling match with a chain in it. You are, this is, this is a fight. This is what yeah. I love. This is what I say needs to happen more with these types of matches, even though, oh, you don't understand modern wrestling yet, blah, 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 blah. This interest, look, if they're doing suplexes with a chain, I won't be as interested. Let's put it that way. And we'll get into that if we talk about punk a little bit more. But for yeah. this, this was just this is just two men beating on each other with a chain, wrapping it around, figuring out ways to choke and bite, and they blade very early, so the blood's flowing. And then at the end of the match, Piper wins with a Piper wins with a roll up using the chain for more leverage on on it on the legs, which is great. Not before he punches at yes. Valentine a little bit yes. too, just to get that wraps last it around, wraps bit. it around the fist. Yeah. And and just punches, 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 which is a great looking spot. <laughs> so I I agree with you, by the way, that it's it is going to be less about doing the moves, and it's more about it. the idea of the dog collar match becomes uh, how do you use the object to gain leverage on yes. your opponent? And if the and if if this happens on Sunday with Punk and MJF, then that's an excellent that's an excellent match even do a scoop stuplex you can do that pick them up slam them down as long as you hit the chain on the way down because then at least you've got a story that you're using the chain to add a little bit of pain to your to your move right and and then the thing about this was and I, i've i've already forgotten my point that i was gonna make here <laughs> oh man of, jeff forgets his oh, points I, I forgot what i was gonna make but but the the, the whole thing of uh of the fight feel i had something about that that i couldn't remember but it, it was it nevertheless it, it, it's coming and it's gone I'll, I'll probably remember it later but there was something about the apex of this match that i wanted to say and i couldn't rem- can't remember in favor of your your point about the match thing but never nevertheless we can move on to uh where 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 it went um it it evolved i mean don't get me wrong they were oh i know what i was gonna say wwf ruined this match as it does cage matches and other things because they put their own spin on it. 
when WWF does these types of matches, they do the four corner tap thing, which is booked the same way every time. Heel hits everyone and while well, babyface follows. And then on the fourth one, it's yanked back. Babyface valiantly hits the fourth one. You know, it's like the escape the cage thing in WWF, which made cage matches lame after a while that that was the point i wanted to make but uh, the only the only time where it looked cool was actually the bull rope match was it eddie and oh god what was it someone on the back of the other guy yes in the bull rope match yes it was, and i think eddie was one of them but i forget who maybe jbl was it jbl and, had to be jbl it, it had to be because it's eddie and jbl and then then one would tap the, yes. uh, the 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 corner and then the other would tap it and then they ended up winning because of that stuff like that works but i agree with you doing the whole tap the four corners in a match that's supposed to be brutal, not and so you can effective. do that. I mean, they, that's how they do chain matches now, and and those types of like like strap matches and things like that. That's how they do those. You know, you watch two guys like Bulldog and Vader who had one of these matches, and they're just hostile. You just want to watch them beat each other up. Who wants yeah, to watch exactly. them hit hit turnbuckles? Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the day, someone gets a pinfall and wins the match. But that's not how we're doing it there. But we rebrought this back for ECW, which was uh, at this time it was a it was an amalgam of of everything I loved in wrestling because it was guys passing through the night on their way between WCW and WWF. This is uh, this is 1995 Gangsta's Paradise, which is summer 95. The Steiner brothers were in the territory. Steve right. Austin was in there pretending to be Hulk Hogan because WCW didn't like him anymore. Um. Too Cold Scorpio is holding court here. It's pretty great, but uh, we have a we have a gimmick of uh, the Pit Bulls, formerly known as the American Pit Bulls in, in a different federation, but they had been heels in Raven's flock. Raven had turned on them after they refused to power uh, power bomb Luna Vachon through a table, mm-hmm. uh, and and Raven had already picked up another team in his flock, a group known as the Dudleys. Although none of the Dudleys you know are in the Dudleys just yet. This is the original Dudleys. This is Dudley Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and uh, Big Dick Dudley at the time because Daddy Dudley liked to get around a little bit. So He did. He did. This is, this is the, the non-Devon Bubba and Spike yeah, Dudleys. Bu- Bubba That's had not yet come in. Bubba was about to come in as the stuttering Bubba. And Devon, the quote-unquote black sheep of the family. Yes. Yeah. Someone it, got was, it was a different time, kids. It was a different, Very different. time. Very different. Uh, By the way, Dances with Dudley is probably my favorite Dudley boy name. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> to me. He was he, he was a, a Pennsylvania worker, um, not not Native American. Uh, <laughs> no, not no. Thing. Yeah, and he got injured during one of these. I mean, look, this was a weird mix of we'd have because uh, on Gangsters Paradise as well, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis have a phenomenal match after the after this match which is a double dog collar match for the tag team titles now this is everything you you've come to love and hate about ecw because it is violent it is violent you got guys getting put through tables you have power bombs you have all sorts of things you have overbooking in many ways uh because they make this into a two out of three falls match when stevie richards doesn't show up for the match turns out that he's- was strange by the way because i didn't expect the two out of three falls match sorry to cut you off. i just like no no I no saw, it's I fine Raven. i was expecting something else because in ecw it, it it didn't matter who if if the team was there if one person with the tag belts was there they could defend the tag belts with anybody of their choice yes i remember that as well so i was expecting a surprise of some kind and they said oh stevie richards had broken his arm blah 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 this is also on hardcore tv Episode one twenty eight. If you if you don't have gangs, one twenty what? It's one twenty six. It's one twenty six. I thought it was one twenty eight. That was one twenty six. I okay. went back and watched it. That's right. how I thought. <laughs> Joel has corrected me. I'm, I'm sorry. just going to correct you if, on if, the air because if you haven't seen Gangsta's Paradise though, watch the entire event. It's it's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so 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 the Pitbulls come out. They they have the collars on. Really, uh, Raven's kind of a little has or no Raven had it on immediately. They just come out and put it on. Um, as opposed to, this was the other part I liked about the Piper one. There was a certain amount of uh, pomp and circumstance with putting on the collars at the time. They had seconds who were putting on the collars for them and things of that nature. This one, eh, let's just get to the fight. And of course, yep. Bedlam takes loose. They're going all over the arena. Pitbull number one, I believe, goes to the back, drags out Stevie Richards, who is bladed, and the match is on. 
So I don't know about you, but when they were announcing this match and they, they did the two out of three falls and they've got the, the pit bulls in the ring and it's just Raven and Raven's like, go ahead and put on me. I almost expected it to be both pit bulls get chained to Raven. Yes. And that's it. And that would have been as well. the most clusterfuld match you can think of. And I would have loved it. But like that, that alone would have made everything for me. And instead, we just get the one Pitbull attached to Raven. And then, like you said, Pitbull one goes out and finds Stevie Richards. By the way, going back to Dances with Dudley, uh, Adolfo Bermudez is his yes. name. Yes. And uh, he changes his, his name in the 2000s to Chief Dudley. So he himself <laughs> realized that maybe I can make this a little less. Yes, the uh, kayfabe explanation was that Daddy Dudley had gone to a Native American reservation in Oklahoma and done oh. what Daddy Dudley does. <laughs> dances with dances Dudley. with Dudley. Dances with Wolves, a movie that came out at that the same year, 1994, yeah. 95. So yes, there's a little ins- insensitivity there. Now, so the, the match is two out of three falls. The match is two out of three falls. The good thing about this match that I love is that, like, even for for the first and second falls. It's simple moves that knock the guys out. There aren't a lot of kickouts in this match. It, it's it's a DDT, or no, it's a pile driver through a table. Through a table, yeah. Which should knock a guy out. Still did, you know, as as early as four or five years ago. It was it was a it was a three month go away for a while type of move, and a power bomb through a table, which they did on Stevie Richards. I was like, God bless them. You know, because eventually we become so desensitized that, you know, pile drivers through tables get a two count. And you're just like, why? <laughs> you know, me, me, I'm just like, these people are now superhuman where they can take 12 bumps through tables and kick out at two. And, and so that was, that was refreshing. What, what isn't refreshing is that then we have almost every program in ECW come through this match. Yes, it does. You're right. Because eventually, uh, eventually Pitbull number one can't continue. So Tommy Dreamer comes out to connect himself and, and he wins the match, but then Bill Alfonso comes out and does a dusty finish says we can't do this anymore. You know, no, this isn't right because the entire story was that Tommy Dreamer had never pinned Raven. And that lasted. It's one of the best long-term stories they ever told in ECW is that he never got the win That's over true. Raven. But then Todd Gordon comes out. He's the commissioner, and the choke slam had been banned because nine one one used the choke slam. Nine one one, the epitome of the Goldberg Jade Cargill type of wrestler, who wasn't very good but was over because all he'd do is come out and choke slam people and leave. That's what he do. That's what he does here. Comes out, choke slams Bill Alfonso, <laughs> and leaves, and leaves. <laughs> But also, sorry, there was another thing uh, with this match was that if the Pitbulls lost, they will have had they to would break disband. up. Yes. Yeah, and that was a big thing in ECW too. Is you'd have these teams, and if they lose, they disband because the Bad Breed had done that earlier. Ian and Axel Rotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it was earlier or after this, but it was one of those. They'd always put that stipulation on there. Uh, I, I I failed to say that the reason for all this cluster was because after after the second fall against Richards, the Dudleys come out. And this is Dudley Dudley and Dances with Dudley, uh, the Jeff Jeff Brantley, who would later he'd go during the uh, the new era of WWF. Um, you know, when Sid and Shawn Michaels and those types were at the top of the card, he'd do some prelim work as Charlie Hunter, I believe. After oh, all God. this, that's an um, awful game, awful name. Well, he he was he wasn't uh, he wasn't pushed. He was there to take bumps. And right. Because he worked in ECW. So you take all these big bumps and then they come out and go, hey, take some damage for us. And and you do. Uh, yeah. So and big dick on crutches. I don't think he ever fully recovered from, from this, to be honest with you. He'd like always Orton be on crutches every time you'd see him. Like Orton the, with the cast. It's all yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, Orton with the cast was a work. This was not. I don't know but, what you're talking about, bud. <laughs> I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're saying. La 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 la. <laughs> Don't care. But yes, we, we'd we'd have the Dudleys. We had nine one one. We had Bill Alfonso. We had all this. We had Tommy Dreamer get the pin, and then eventually goes away. Pitbull number one again puts I, be, I believe puts on the the collar again so that the match can continue, and then they get they get the pin and and uh, and do that. Remind me of the end of this match if you can. I I, I totally blanked. <laughs> I totally. Bl- I, 
because I'm at the same spot where you are. I'm like, 911 comes in, 911 does the choke slam. The I believe Francine comes in at some Francine point because she's in there. Point. Yeah, there's a whole thing. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Oh my God, this is awful. But I remember the end. I remember the end because the Pitbulls win and they don't have to break up and there's a big celebration. I believe, oh, yes. I believe Tommy Dreamer may have DDT'd Raven. That sounds about right. Put a guy on top. I think that's what the end is here. Uh, don't yell at us at the video and correct us. We're going on memory here because we watched a lot of wrestling in the past two days. <laughs> I, didn't take exactly. I can't think of any other way to do it. I didn't. Now take I got to go back. <laughs> now I got to go back and see. Now yeah, I go but, back and but, watch. but but the Pitbulls win, and yeah. uh, we don't see a lot of dog collar matches after that, save for you know the that British Bulldog Vader match in WWF. Um, you know they're here, and then and then we get to uh, Ring of Honor decides to pull this out of out of the mothballs. Well, they pull it out of the mothballs, but they also bring in, well, they, they don't bring it, but they have Raven. Yes. So who are you going to have? As, as, you know, the guy that we just talked about having a really, really good dog collar match. You're going to bring him back to do this feud with CM Punk, who is about to go into his own feud of dog collar match. Okay. So, now here is where you there. get historical with me sure. because this is not when I was, I've, I've, I don't, I've never watched this era of Ring of Honor. But it appears to me that that now you can correct me if I'm wrong. Punk is a he, punk is of course a heel because he is straight edge and he's doing yep. the whole I don't drink alcohol, I don't do drugs type of thing. Uh, I, I assume this is because of uh, that this feud starts because of all of Raven's past alcohol and drug uh, issues. It's a bit of that, and it's also the fact, and I'm sure people in the comments will yell at me a bit too, but it's also the fact that, you know, at this point, ECW has shut down. Yes. Uh, most of the talent have moved to work different territories, including Ring of Honor. A whole bunch of them had shown yeah, up. Dan Danny Doring's here in the audience. Yeah, one yeah Danny Doring yeah. shows up. We see Tommy Dreamer again show up yeah. in this match in, in Ring of Honor. Uh, <laughs> so the whole idea here becomes, excuse me while I... The booking of this match is so frighteningly similar to the to the to the Pitbulls Ravens. Yes. Yes. So the whole idea here is that Punk is sick and tired of all the extreme guys coming through Ring uh, of Honor. And gotcha. so he wants to put an end to to EC he basically wants to like kill ECW dead. Ironically, he then goes into WWE CW and has like his best run because Polly believes in him and wants him to succeed. Regardless, the dog collar match that Raven and Punk has. Uh, ends up being quite the bloody mess of its own. And they're doing a lot of the moves. And some of the stuff that you and I talked about at the top of this of the show is that there, there, there's a bunch of moves and not a lot of uh, of that using the chain psychology. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it gets into, you know, some of Punk's. Although the thing I liked about this is when they do the moves, it would sometimes screw them because they'd land on the chain. Yes. But that, and that's what I was talking about. That's when it works. But yeah. they have to be able to land on it. Uh, not just safely, but also in a way that makes sense. Because they're not using a gimmick chain here. They are actually using a heavy metal chain as a, as opposed to some sort of plastic thing. And it, that, that's the part I liked. I, watching this, though, man, I just want I wanted the commentators to shut up occasionally. Yes, you true. know, they just let it breathe when there's a big move. They say because these two. You think I talked a lot on this show, which I am. I'm realizing in my head. Uh, <laughs> That's why I have you here. Yes. But these two would not. I don't know who the. It sounded like Prazak and somebody. Who who one, was one is Prazak? I I don't think it's Lenny. Who was the Ring of Honor announced? It wasn't Naylor. I don't think. I gotta look it up. No, I don't think it was Rob. In 2003, no. But these guys just would not let any any amount of silence propagate during this time now i i loved the promo before the match match itself is fun Look, raven's game to, to do the 2003 mid-aughts indie style with with punk i i find uh you know you get the crotch shots you get dragging a guy off the turnbuckle you do get the occasional uh neck thing although the collars are much looser now so i'm not afraid of whiplash as much yes um it and then when, and then the and then you get the uh, the dreamer stuff with the, with the beers and things like that, and that was kind of where things got a little bit convoluted. Yes, you have yeah, and, and again you you tie up the dreamer and Raven stuff. They're friends again. Raven or dreamer comes out in a in a Hooters baseball jersey. <laughs> well, here's then, where it gets convoluted for me, and I don't know about you, but this happened also. I mean, this happened as far back as, as the as the Duggan, uh, the the Duggan Sawyer 
dog collar match as well. But th- but of course, it happened in ECW and it happened here, and it will probably happen in the MJF matches as well. Mm-hmm. It takes away from the stipulation of the dog collar if you're also using chairs and tables yes. and things like that. And that's that's always been kind of my problem with other gimmick matches as well. If you're using the gimmick, the gimmick should be the story as opposed to dragging in other toys and things to play with. And, and for me, like the, like the ref shot with the chairs and, and things like that, it, that's where it became convoluted for me as well. Yeah, and, and I agree that at that point you kind of ask the question: What's the difference between this and just a regular hardcore match? Is there anything that really differentiates exactly. a dog collar match from from some well, sort of? Well, hardcore it just means the guy war. can't run. Well, then you can do it in a cage, and the dog collar match means nothing. Exactly. So at that point, uh, there are certain things in a dog collar match that I I don't necessarily want to see. And the tables going back to the ECW match, the tables. It worked because that was also just the chaos of ECW. Yes. But then they brought it to Ring of Honor because it kind of spoke to the, to the, the feud that Punk and Raven were having. Raven introduced a lot of the, the hardcore elements to that dog collar match. Punk just kind of followed suit because he had to. It wasn't necessarily his call. Uh, I'm speaking in in the kayfabe of the match, the, the psychology of the match. He did it to survive. I'm trying to remember the, the Brody Cody dog collar match where they had greg sitting in the front row where they had great yes they had greg valentine half asleep (laughs) sitting there takes an hour for him to wake up at any time but i don't think they did any of the uh bells and whistles in there did they i don't think so either i think they played it pretty close to to normal as normal as a dog collar match as normal as a dog collar match guy and the and the the collar was was the thing the thing about that match was the the hatred wasn't built up it was just here's a here's a something from Cody's past that he really likes. He'd like to do this. So, so which I admire, but at the same time, it's like, there needs to be a certain amount of heat for this kind of match to go on. And, and it, it was for the previous three, but not for that one. So there's also a little bit about, you know, uh, these kind of matches, these dog collar matches on the Indies and, and how they've kind of evolved since then. And I, uh, I sent you one that was more of a clips thing and the other one that was the full match. Uh, and, and they both involved MJF because I right. don't think people remember or know that MJF has had two dog collar matches of his own. Uh, the first one was in AAW in 2018 and he took on AC Romero. Now the, the two of them having a dog collar match is funny enough. Yes, like his big guy. The, the little, visual, little... the visual of that was hilarious, and yes. I, and I hope he d- brings some of those things back for this match, even though it's not a big guy. Like him ducking out before getting the dog collar on him. I thought that, that I think he's going to do that. He say what you will about Larry Zabisco, but I love a good stall yeah. <laughs> moment. I think I think MJF is going to do that at yeah. the match because this has been the story that he's been telling this whole time. He's a little bit scared. He's a little scared about doing this match with CM Punk for mm-hmm. various reasons, one of which being he's going to get his ass kicked. Yep. So for him to stall, that'd be perfect. And again, AC Romero in this case goes and starts loading up the ring with toys and it's everything that you and I were just talking about. At one point, he goes for, I think there was a, uh, oh no, there's a different match where where there's a, a the the chairs are set up yes. and uh, and MJF gets uh, planted but we'll get planted to that in a minute the chairs yeah yeah but regardless you know the Romero MJF dog collar match was very much just a big long chain and a bunch of spots and a bunch and of spots not say, it's not to say it was bad or good it's just very <sighs> different from the matches that you and I've been talking about it's very shindy as we like to say it it it, it takes it takes the it's basically, hey, we're doing an indie wrestling thing. We need some gimmicks and we need a lot of violence. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying there. And there may have been a story going into it. I don't really have a full background understanding of AEW in 2018. I know that they tried to make things more cohesive uh, in the past, but in 2018, I don't know where they were. Regardless, um, again, the match itself, it's it's fine. It's well, It's well wrestled. There just might not be the psychology. Yeah, it just that... it, didn't, it didn't do a lot for yeah. me. I, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It was it was fine for a toys match where 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 you. But for me, again, what 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 gets me off in wrestling in terms of that is is the build, and I don't know anything about the feud. I'm just watching the match. Yeah. But if I know enough about the feud, and if, they, if they've built it to a point where they need this dog collar match, and it's going to be a fight, I'm in. But again, a dog collar match, I don't want to see. 
a well-worked match. I want to see two guys punching each other and then using the chain to hurt each other. That's what I want. So let me bring you up to my neck of the woods in Canada, in Hamilton, Ontario, which is like about an hour uh, an hour away from, from where I am in Toronto. Okay. Uh, A1, which is Ethan yes. Page's company. I'm he aware. had a dog collar match with MJF. Okay. At his Ethan, Ethan Page and, and... Ethan Page and MJF had a dog collar match. And it's very good. And you can find it, I believe it's on High Spots. Uh, or wherever you one. find... Wherever you find A1 wrestling. Uh, and these two... the Again, the match is good. They, they use the toys again. We were just alluding to the chairs that were set up side by side. And they go for the power bar... Or the, uh, uh, the, 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 the... Sorry, what was it? The pile driver. So they do that spot. But one thing that I really, really loved was at one point they're on the floor and they're going and brawling through the crowd using the chain and all that. And at one point MJF is on the ground and he unhooks his collar. Nice. He unhooks the chain and he runs around the venue to, uh, sorry, he doesn't run. He actually crawls. He's going like, to do that. He's going to do that. He's going to do it. Time, and he's yeah. going to, yeah, but this is perfect because he just crawls out of sight, out of the camera line. And then he gets himself all the way around and then he attacks Ethan page again. And that. <laughs> Stuff like that is actually really fun, innovative heel tactic. It's good heel work. Is you you take the stipulation and you find the loophole in the stipulation. Exactly. To make it work for you. I love those types of things. Yeah, that's great. Like like just the, the the tying around on the post thing where nobody ever thinks of that kind of thing to use for, for, for the weapon. And yes, what you do is you make the stipulation the star. And yep. that's that's my problem with the other toys and stuff like that. You make the dog the, the the dog collar chain the star somehow, and you make that the story. How can I use this to do different spots? How can I use this? How can I get away from this so that I can attack the other guy because he's going to adhere to the rules and I don't have to. I, I love those types of that type of thinking. So without this turning into a preview for Revolution, okay, I have a question for you. We're going to see two matches that are very much based in violence. One is the gimmick match, the the dog collar match, which we just spent a lot of time talking about. The other one is Moxley and Danielson, where the whole premise of the match is Mox saying, we don't work together until we bleed together. How do you work a match that is very much scoped in violence and make it different for four of these men in two of these matches? Is there a way to do it? Yes, I think so. And I think what you have to do is you have to make Danielson and Moxley no toys in there and just hard hitting, hard, the kind of match that you have where, like, they don't need to necessarily bleed from the head. Okay. You know, you, you have the, I mean, you've seen those matches where Danielson comes into the back and he had this, I forget, I think, I think it was a gulak match. Don't quote me on that. When, when he was still with WWE, where his, his, his entire chest looked like hamburger and it was bleeding from the chest. Those types of things. You just make it hard hitting as opposed to moves and finesse. And, you know, he's got to do that thing where he flips over the top rope and then does a running knee type of thing. You you make it the kind of I mean the match that I would compare it to would be one of the eighty nine trilogy between Flair and Steamboat where they just chop the crap out of each other for about thirty minutes and just walk it, it a walk and brawl would be fine for Moxley yeah. and Danielson in some ways in addition to okay once the blood starts to flow about thirty minutes twenty five minutes into the match then it becomes grinding submissions and things like that where you're trying to get the other guy to give in and get your respect type of thing. But I won't use a single chair shot. I won't use a table. I won't, I might even possibly not even use like running a guy into the stairs or the post type thing. You just make it about the two of them and what their fists and their feet can do to each other. So I was about to say, do, yeah, don't use, don't use those things. Don't, don't use the ring post. Don't use the stairs. Oh, ring post. Gonna... Oh, and the blood's flowing. Eh, wah, wah. Well, that's the thing. I think if you're, if you're going to bleed, it's got to look hard way. It's yes. got to look like someone's knuckles made contact yes. with your forehead or yes. wherever. And that's how you bleed. I, I agree. agree with you there. 
And maybe in the comments, y'all have a different point of view. Maybe you think that it's totally fine that these two matches can have some sort of uh, similarities between each other, or you think that they're going to be so different. What I don't want is the Adam Page versus Brian Danielson match where they just, they went to the blood early like that. And then they made it it part of the quote unquote story where the guy was losing so much blood, but they didn't earn the blood in my opinion. It just, it just came. Right. And, And you're just like, okay. So, so they're just going to use this as a crutch kind of type of thing, as opposed to, you know, ha- having the, the match intensify and then get the pin or whatever. So after all of this, after all of the, the historical discussion and all the, the, the filibustering we've done, we have a very <laughs> important question to ask each other. Okay. Who's going to win this match at Revolution between MJF and CM Punk? For me, it has to be one of two scenarios. And I'll tell you the one that I'd go with. Uh, there has to be a moment in this match where MJF looks to be really begging for Punk to stop it and for Punk to kind of, oh my, because, because the promo was the villain origin story. It was, it was Batman really created the Joker type of thing. And when he came out and goes, is this real? And, and Punk and, and, and MJF just walks off defeated. It put it put that mind game thing in doubt. So that has to come into play during this match at this time. Now, one of two things can happen. It can either be stupid babyface syndrome, where Punk gets suckered in, and then MJF takes advantage of it in some ways. Or it has to be he gets suckered in for a moment and realizes, hey, this is mind games. I don't want to be a stupid babyface, and then just goes to town on CM Punk. I think one of those two things should happen, my fear is we're going to get a lot of Sean Spears and Wardlow in this match for some reason. I don't know that for a fact. The but only it reason feels like they might ECW it a bit. The only reason I don't think they'll do that, at least in terms of Wardlow, is because he's in the ladder match. He's got uh, I, that face of the Revolution ladder match. But overall, I think Punk has to lose this match. I agree with you because I think I, I think MJF has MJF to go on to be the. I think MJF has to go and get elevated to the world title program sooner than later. And uh, I think the way to do that is to beat Punk here. I think beating Punk is the play. I think being a little underhanded is the play. I don't think it would be a stupid baby safe face syndrome thing. If okay. anything, I think that they'll try to play that and Punk will think the better of it. They'll do it early and then Punk will. And will then the underhanded thing comes in when, when, when MJF realizes that his, his, his mental trick didn't work. Now I need to rely on some help here somewhere. Yeah. Or I can take off the dog collar, run around the ring and beat the shit out of Punk afterwards. Something mm-hmm. like that. Regardless of how they do it. I do think Punk uh, loses the match. I think Wardlow wins the face of the revolution ladder match. And again, we're not, this isn't a, a prediction show, no. but uh, I think that we then move on to MJF and Wardlow really having their, their tension. real tension, yes. their real tension builds. So the two of them start building towards something of, of a breakup, of a feud, whatever it is. And MJF is then elevated further. And so is Wardlow. And I think this might also be the start of maybe a change in punk somehow. Cause I think, I think he needs yes. to cut a promo after getting, after losing that match in some ways. And I don't know, I don't know if turning punk heel is necessarily the play here because we've already kind of turned Danielson heel in a way. Uh, but I do like a long-term story of punk being the guy that <laughs> ruined wrestling for a certain generation of fans. I think that's kind of an interesting play despite the fact that right now he's kind of AEW's John Cena. He's the guy that comes yeah. out and makes everybody happy. Maybe there's a way to have him in that tweener role where he just upsets and all he, of the people that he let down yeah. and beats them all, but then still makes everyone from today happy. But he loses nothing by losing this match either, I don't think. Right. I mean, he's still going to be a star. Nobody's He's not the face of your company, so you don't need to, but he is still a draw. So you keep him strong. MJF wins in an underhanded way in some way, and, and you move on from there. I think we did it. We solved everything. We've talked about dog collars. We introduced it. One hell of a historical run through. I think we got some of the coolest stuff that all brings this, this MJF and CM Punk dog collar match to light and things that people should be looking for uh, at uh, revolution. And and hopefully, yeah, I mean, it's a fun stipulation. It's, It's just stick to the stipulation in my opinion. Do you think this is the last time for a little while that AEW uses the dog collar? I think they should. I mean, because we just, we had Cody and Brody, what a year, year and a half ago, and they did, didn't they do it again recently? Did they? They did another dog collar match after Cody and Brody. Oh, 
I can't remember they, that. I, I the, the only match that I have in my head right now for some reason is Saturn and Jericho at WCW Uncensored '98, which they did <laughs> as well, which had no real stipulation to it. But uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Dog collar AEW. I'm almost certain that they've done it twice. Cody and Brody Lee is the one that I I see. They might have done a chain match or something. It might it might not have been dog collar per se. Yeah. Maybe you're okay. I'm seeing it here, but, it, but you know, you don't need to bring stipulations out all the time. You just need to bring stipulations out when they're needed. And that's yes. what, that's what I want about like, like what, what, what I don't like about the company up North versus this company is, is like, if you have the time for a blood and guts match and you have that many people feuding with each other. And the only way to do that feud is to put two cages together and two, two rings together in a cage, do that. But don't just, hey, it's March. We got to bring out blood and guts this year. I, I don't like that. Build the story so that it matters. And then people will remember these stipulation matches more. Number one, if you stick to the stipulation, but also number two, if the stipulation means something in the context of the feud. I agree. And and I think that's probably one of the better things that we see out of AEW uh, versus versus WWE, for sure. Yeah, Let's get out of here. We talked about We talked about too much wrestling. Jeff, where can the people find you on the internet? I talk wrestling way too much, and I snark, and I I, I troll Joel at Crap Game 13. Uh, I do a show weekly after Dynamite called The Dynamite Show, oddly enough, on Fight Game Media. I also do a show on Voices of Wrestling called Shake Them Ropes. It's kind of a lighthearted take on all things domestic wrestling, usually WWF and AEW. Uh, every week, um, you can follow that show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. And occasionally, I'm in the Fightful neighborhood, although... Uh, well, Sean Rossap, you know, he doesn't write, he doesn't call, he went out for milk and cigarettes and then never came back. No, actually, I was supposed to do the Rumble post show, but then I started watching football way too much. But yeah, I'll, I'll still occasionally be in the Fightful neighborhood and I'll be on Fightful Overbook with Joel whenever Joel wants to talk historical wrestling of some kind. Said it once, I say it again. I love doing these chats with Jeff. It's a good historical romp and it's a good opportunity for us to kind of uh, discuss the things we know, the things we love and uh, and how we get to our wrestling fandom. Uh, this Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Come and grab a subscription to us here. It's free. Do it. Come on, dropping content every single day. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Enjoy Revolution, by the way. It should yeah. be a good show. <laughs>